Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ever since I started doing the show, which was a very long time ago, we've talked about property taxes in the state of Pennsylvania. Who should pay for the education of the students? Is there a better way to make that happen? Are property taxes archaic? Now, we've talked about it for a long time, and of course, we'd like some action. Another guy who's been on this forever and in a much more meaningful way than I ever will be is uh, Dave Baldinger, who is the head of the Pennsylvania Taxpayer Cyber Coalition. He'll bring a presentation up to Scranton next week to educate the people, and we wanted to talk a little bit about it this morning. So, uh, Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Sue. It's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Now, uh, how long has it been uh, in in terms of uh, your interest in this topic and your fight to see something done about it, Dave? I have been involved in this fight since 2004. So that'd be, what, 12 years, almost 13 years. And it has been my full-time unpaid job since then. I'm just, I am passionate about it. We've got to get this done. And not just to save homes, but to save the state. Uh, we have some figures that indicate that if this keeps on for the way it is now for another five years, the education finance system in the state is going to collapse. So I'm going to start you off with one number here. I, I don't want to hammer you with numbers, but the independent fiscal office uh, released this in January that property taxes statewide increase will increase on the average for the foreseeable future a half a billion dollars a year. That's totally unsustainable. Uh, and so what, what is the, the situation with this? Why is it that they continue to climb? Is it because we have more children than we used to have? What's the deal behind this? Stuff? Why, why are we paying so much? No, student population hasn't changed significantly in many years. Uh, the, problem, the problem is spending. Uh, and, of course, the pension is hurting things, and the pension payments by the school districts are huge, and that runs up uh, the amount of money they need. But uh, there's overspending, too. Uh, I don't like to bang away on this sort of thing, but when I was in school, we didn't have artificial turf football fields and artificial turf uh, auxiliary soccer fields. We didn't spend that kind of money, and that hurts and costs a lot more money. Okay, and I, I guess that that might be something that we do need to look into in the future, but this unbridled kind of spending uh, certainly is not something that a lot of people have to see. And Dave, as you always point out, and I think that it's right to point out, is that uh, you never, if you're a, a taxpayer who gets uh, school tax bills in the mail, um, you never truly own your property. And also that no one should be left homeless over a tax, and I think that those those points need to be hammered home constantly with the people. 
I agree. It's a fundamental principle of of our country that you, you, of homes and property, property rights are a fundamental principle of our country. We have no property rights when it comes to homes because, as you said, if you don't pay your property taxes in two years, they'll come and share up your house. Now, what else can you purchase that you constantly have to pay tax on and stand a chance of losing it if you don't pay the tax? It's just wrong. But the, the tax itself is archaic. In Pennsylvania, property taxes started about 1830, somewhere around there, and it kind of made sense then because we were an agrarian society, and you could say, okay, the farmer who was farming 40 acres is earning more than the farmer who's farming 10 acres. And you could sort of make a judgment on how much he was earning and how much tax he should pay. Our homes don't earn money for us anymore. Why do we still tax them as if they do? Uh, it's, it's a totally archaic and, and really not a very accurate way of doing things. Uh, why, why should you be charged tax based on how many bathrooms you have or the last time you uh, painted the house? Every time there's changes in your house, you can get reassessed and your taxes go up. It makes no sense whatsoever. We should be taxing income. We should be taxing and, and, and how much people earn based on how much people earn. Now, and that gets down to the, the nuts and the bolts of, of what property tax reform would look like. I know that you have worked tirelessly with our lawmakers on the, the mathematics of this, how it would work. I know you've been instrumental in trying to make sure that it's fair, that in the end of the day we don't get some kind of uh, unexpected surprise. So talk about this kind of reform the way that you see it, David. Well, first of all, we're, we have a coalition of 87 taxpayer groups statewide. We've been working with lawmakers on this, the current version of the, of the bill. Uh, we started working on in 2010. And what most people and most lawmakers don't understand is that this bill was not crafted in Harrisburg. This was crafted by us, the people. This is our bill. And I've been told this, this is unique in Harrisburg lawmaking, that nobody in, in the, can remember any bill that was ever crafted by citizens, us. We worked for, for, for four years on this bill to get it where we wanted it, to make it fair and nonpartisan and without interference and special interest. And we think it does the job. An increase in the sales tax from 6 to 7% on an expanded base and an increase to 4.95 on the income tax. And that covers all the school property taxes. The other thing it does is limits increases each year to an inflationary index. Right now, we're, we're limited to Act 1, and that is supposed to limit the amount of increase each, each year, but it doesn't. This bill limits the, the increases to the schools to an inflationary index, and it's actually the increase in uh, uh, inflation, the CPI. And that's all. If schools want more money beyond that, they've got to go to the voters, tell them what they want the money for, how much the tax is going to be, and do a referendum on it. The, the, uh, one of the arguments against the bill is that it removes local control. Right. Oh, that. David, that's the one that I hear all the time from our esteemed leadership, and uh, you, you know who they are. Talk about that, removing local control. There are, first of all, I have pictures of the books that govern this. Over 3,000 pages of rules and regulations out of Harrisburg that were handed down to the school districts that they have to follow. The screaming about local control is all about not being able to raise taxes at will. That's the problem. 
And they're saying, well, this is a loss of local control. No, it's not. They, they have no local control at all now. And the only loss of local control by this bill is the ability of any five school members to raise taxes at will. It takes away that ability. Beyond that, they're welcome, they're, uh, they can spend the replacement funding in any way they wish. There are no rules or regulations attached to this bill. That is the only thing that it removes, and that's something that should be removed. The, the other thing the, that they say, David, and I, is that it harms low-income people. And no, it doesn't harm low-income people. There are, well, in, in, in what way? Because they're going to pay a couple of pennies more in, in sales tax? Right, yeah. I mean, one way or the other, they're paying it now. If they own their home, they're paying it in property taxes. And they say renters get all free, and no, they don't. <laughs> renters pay property taxes as part of their rent. And while this doesn't immediately lower rent for them, over time it will. The, the theory of this is, and this came from the IFO as well, the Independent Fiscal Office, they said renters in general are going to go to buy a house because they're not going to have to pay the monthly pop property tax escrow anymore. As renters move out of rental units and into purchase housing, there's going to be more rental units on the market, and that is going to force prices down. And eventually, and I think that's not going to happen overnight, but eventually renters will wind up paying less for their, for their housing. The, everything you hear, Sue, all these arguments they make, none of them may have any truth to them. They'll come up with any sorts of, the opponents of the bill will come up with any sorts of argument, arguments possible just to try to kill this. And it all comes down to one thing in the end, not being able to raise taxes at will. Okay, another thing that has been brought up uh, to me, and, and you can help to explain this, is if um, a school district has uh, borrowed money to build a building, people say that um, there still may be a tax bill associated with that building. Is that true? They're talking about the retained property tax, and when we were building the when we were building the bill, we came up about about two and a half billion dollars short, and looked at that number, and it was, for two and a half billion, we did not want to raise sales taxes, sales tax or income tax anymore. We felt those two increases were enough. They said, "No wait, these these school districts are paying for." The things that they did, buildings that they did, whatever they, however they spent the money, and their swimming pool. Why not leave that with each of the school districts? So what the what the bill what the bill does is leaves a small amount of property tax, only enough to meet the current debt payments. When the debt is paid off, so does that little bit of property tax. Now they're trying to say this is going to kill people. It's oh they're going to be paying, and you always hear them say they're going to be paying property taxes forever. Right. No. <laughs> the independent fiscal office did the research on it. Roughly 18% of property taxes will remain for school districts across the state. There are a few that's going to, that are going to have no retained tax because they have no uh, no retained uh, debt to pay off. And there will be some that could be as high as 40%. But on average, 18% of property tax will remain for each school district in the, in the state, leaving an 82% reduction immediately when the bill is passed. Now, for what's going on right now, thank you. I'll take an 82% reduction and pay another 18% for maybe 15 years, as long as I can get that 82% reduction. Okay, what about uh, something like Wilkes-Barre area? They're looking to, to build a new school. How would that factor into things? Okay, if they, if they can't pay for the, the debt on that school with their current budget, they're going to have to go to the voters. And what they have to do for the, on a referendum is state what the money is for, what the, what the payment is going to be like each month, and when it expires. 
So they might say, okay, we're going to build a new school. You're going to have to pay $30 million, and it's going to go for the next 15 years. The voters get the choice in the matter. If the school board can't justify what they're doing, voters won't, won't approve it, and they're not going to get their new school or their new swimming pool or their new roof or whatever it is they're trying to run up some debt for. But now the voters are under 76. The voters are going to have to approve uh, any new debt. I, and what if they, there's, uh, in, in the district here, some of the schools are in really, really, really rough shape. What happens if the voters say no? They're going to have to find a way to finance it. Okay. That's all. That's all we can say. I mean, there's no other way out of it. That that's going to be the rules, and that's it. But uh, you know what? If the schools are really in bad shape, and the voters and the parents know that, I think they're going to be reasonable enough to approve it. Uh, and probably is a better system than they have right now. Okay. But there's, we've done some research in that, and so did the IFO, and they said the same thing. If it's if it looks like it's going to be a project that. A feel-good project. Voters are not going to approve it. If it turns out to be something that they really need, yeah, they feel the voters are going to understand that. You've been working on this issue for a very long time, and occasionally it gets momentum. Occasionally. And yep. then it seems that uh, somebody comes along and, and stops it. And, uh, you know, we, we saw that with uh, the last time. It got very close to, you know, making it out of the Senate, and Mike Stack stopped it, right? Yep. And that was, uh, that was frustrating, right? Extremely frustrating, especially when we see how it happened. That vote was on the 21st of November of 2015. It came up 24-24. But going into the, the vote, we were sure we had the votes. And two of the uh, senators bailed out on us at the last minute. Okay. I suspect there's some sort of special interest interference there. In fact, I'm almost certain that I can't say what it is. But I'm pretty certain there was special inter- interest interference there, and that's what killed the vote. What's interesting about it is the special interest had, didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what we were doing for the past 10 years. They thought it was a joke until this vote came up, and they saw how close it was and how, how close they came to losing. January of this year, uh, January 13th, I think, was the date, they hit us full bore with all sorts of uh, uh, the the biggest one was the school board association they came out with uh things they sent to each one of their schools saying oh this was wrong with the bill what it was going to do it was going to ruin education in pennsylvania i mean they really came out of full board they finally realized that hey this has a chance of passing we, we better do something about it so it really hurt us and if they would have been telling the truth, it would have been a different thing. I have a list of uh, 20 different arguments they made against the bill that I responded to. None of them were true. The School Board Association did this for the same reason as the rest of the people who oppose it. They don't want us to lose the ability to levy taxes. And it's been pounding on us now since January, which is about almost seven months, and we're having a hard time fighting back against it. Uh, the the parents went crazy in some in some school districts. Uh, there was one in Western Pennsylvania where they actually told the senator they were going to vote her out of office if uh, she kept supporting the bill for the reasons that were given to them by the school board association. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into this because it really irritates me. Um, a school director told me that most school districts pay on the order of fourteen thousand dollars a year to the school board association to cover their expenses. That's $14,000 a year that they turned around, 
funneled back to the school boards and told them what to do to fight our effort. We are paying taxes for the school boards association to fight what we're doing. That's insane. That that should stop. Do we do we need a school boards association? Uh, well, because of it, I don't, I, a lot of school boards told me they, they don't want the school boards association, especially for that money. They don't really offer them that much. And it's a lot of money to spend each year to get not much back and have them fight against us. And then to make it even worse, too, they, the school boards association sent out materials to send to the parents to get them upset about 76. And this is printed up locally by the school district, well, no, wait, who pays for the ink, who pays for the paper, and then given to the children to take home to their parents. So they're using the children as couriers to fight against this bill. Now, how close do you think you are to actually seeing this through, David? And I, I think that there is momentum building for this, uh, despite this, this setback and, and whatnot. But uh, do you believe that this will happen sooner than later? Uh, I'm pretty hopeful because we've been seeing some signs that actually uh, a lot of these people who started fighting us in January shot themselves in the foot. Interest in this really progressed for us since January. People are interested in what's going on. Uh, we've had a lot of comments about this meeting coming up next week in, in Scranton. Uh, I think we have a chance to get it done. I really do. And I've, you know, I'm, Maybe I'm whistling in the dark, but I think we have a good chance at it. Okay. Uh, And you have a meeting coming up in Scranton where you will explain chapter and verse what this looks like. Your presentation is excellent, and uh, I would encourage people who want to find out more to actually show up and listen to what you have to say because I think that the information is actually very good and and sells itself. So talk about uh, that opportunity next week in Scranton. Absolutely. Sue, we will never lie. We will never exaggerate. What this presentation does is give it to people in black and white, make your own decision. But what's interesting is whenever we give this presentation, we did one about a month ago in the Poconos, not one person left the room opposing the bill. Huh. <laughs> maybe we they, should maybe we should have some of our local state reps at your session who oppose they, it. They, they everyone in let me see, like Alano, Luzern, Wayne, Pike, Carbon, and Monroe, every rep and senator has been invited. We'll see who shows up. Okay, so uh, once again it is at the uh, Lackawanna College, right? Lackawanna College. The People's Security Bank Theater at Lackawanna College. It's at five oh one Vine Street. It starts at 6.30, doors open at 6 o'clock, and we'd like everybody to show up and hear the truth of this and what we can do for Pennsylvania. Okay, so that is uh, Wednesday of next week, right? Wednesday, August 2nd. Awesome. Uh, David Baldinger, always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I look forward to your continued uh, stewardship on this project. You're uh, like the guy that tries to tilt over the windmills, and, and someday that windmill will fall over, believe me. You're darn right. Okay, thanks, buddy. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.